Amen. It is so good to be with all of you, so good to see all of you this morning and to worship with you. We're in a series right now called Church Family, and uh, if you haven't been here, we, I, I mentioned to you that we thought about calling it Church Family Business, because it, but that was too long. So it's just kind of a, addressing and talking about uh, some things as a church family, and you guys know that from uh, just having your own families, that from time to time they're just family talks that you need to have, right? Things you need to address and, and deal with, and, and some good, and some maybe areas to grow in and things like that. So that's what this is. If you haven't been coming for a while, that's, you kind of stepped in in the middle of the, the church family business talk, and, and that's okay. Um, but it's, it's encouraging, and this morning, actually, we've got something that I, that I believe is really going to encourage you and, and excite you. So I want to invite Pastor Brandon up this morning. Let's give Pastor Brandon a big hand as he comes this morning. And we're going to actually uh, tag team, kind of co-preach this morning, if that's okay. Uh, we've done this before. But... Really, uh, for those of you that don't know, Brandon is a great friend, and it started out as a great friend, then eventually went to brother-in-law, then eventually went to church staff member and youth pastor. Which, that was all you're doing. If y'all didn't know this, he got I orchestrated the whole together. thing. Yeah, I just, it's all planned. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, we've, been, we've known each other for a long time, long time before this church. Uh, well, a little bit before this church, but I believe God brought us together, brought our families together, and uh, it's not very often you have somebody that is a youth pastor for really more than like two years, much less 10 plus, going on 12. Oh, well, I think this is important. So I do consider myself to be the original kids pastor, just because the very first service we ever had, my wife and I drove down from Shreveport to watch your kids so that we could have church service. Yeah. So that, that counts, right? I feel that my wife would take offense to that, but it's, she, yeah, she, I think she holds that title. But anyway, uh, so this morning, what, what we want to talk about is the focus that our church has on youth and kids and why we do it, just talk a little bit of vision about kind of where we're going why we spend so much time focusing on that, and really just what God has shown us about how important that is. You know, why we spend so much time working and investing in the youth and kids. You know, you guys know a couple years ago, well, 2020, we started phase one of the student center and, and completed that. Of course, that's anytime you build and expand, there's a huge investment that, that goes along with that. And there has to be a reason behind it, right? There has to be a strategy. There has to be a purpose. There has to be, and in our case, there has to be a God vision and, and really permission from God to go that direction. And we just kind of wanted to talk from our heart this morning about some of those things and what drives us in those areas. So I'll start by saying this, you know, those of you that know our story, uh, we, we've been in church our whole life, me and Jen, and we've seen it all. And we've worked in every area of the church, you know, kids, youth, ushers. We've done everything growing up in those different areas. And we've seen it done a lot of different ways. Most of the churches that I've been a part of and have known about always have something, at least something for the children. You know, talking zero to, 
to maybe first grade or whatever. There's always uh, first through fifth grade. There's always something for the, the children. But then it's like when you get to the youth, that's where you see it fall off in most cases because I, I don't know if it's on purpose or if it's just that's when we stop kind of knowing what to do <laughs> with them because they kind of get weird, you know, and it, they become a little bit harder to minister to and then they get really awkward. I know a lot of adults that are like, I love to work with kids and I love to work with adults, but I hate working with youth because they're weird and they don't talk and they, it's awkward. And I feel the exact opposite. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing. That's positive. That's Still a good thing. <laughs> uh, but you just see that where the youth program it's, it's almost like the mentality sometimes is, hey, let's find the youngest, coolest guy in the church. Don't worry, worry about if he's saved and just throw him back there with the kids. Uh, you don't fit any of those categories, by the way. But anyway, um, <laughs> I was just kidding. That just came to me. I, I was, anyway, uh, just find the youngest, coolest guy in the church, throw it back there, and, and you know, hopefully it'll gather kids. And that's just not how we think. That's not how we operate. Yeah, well, you know? that, that is my story. I don't know exactly yours in youth group, but... You know, the, the church I grew up with, uh, it was very much, we were almost an afterthought. You know, like you're saying, you don't know exactly what to do, but it's, it feels like an afterthought when you see all these other areas that they're being invested into and they're, they're growing. And, but the youth, I was stuck in, basically, I remember it was a, a back room, had blue walls and some old brown fold-out chairs. And, yeah, it was whoever was available that week kind of taught a Bible lesson that may have been scriptural, may not have. And that was kind of, you know, our, that was my experience uh, just upbringing in, in youth. Yeah. And no wonder then that you see that age group start to fall off, obviously, and then even into a young adulthood, you see those numbers dwindle. And then what ends up happening is t the time people get married and start having their own kids and they kind of make their way back to church. And we were doing everything that we could to try to avoid that. You know, we don't want to see this big fall off with the youth because that, that's strategic of the enemy for that to happen. You know, in the time when they're making the most important decisions of their life, you know, they're choosing who they're going to marry, whether they're going to serve God or not, what their career is going to be, where they're going to go to college. They're making all these decisions. And if you walk away from God in the middle of why you're trying to make those decisions, it's going to be catastrophic. And you're going to actually end up doing all of those things wrong. And then by the time you're, you know, 24, maybe you, you, you get divorced and, and your family is split up and then you, you switch careers because that was wrong too. And so you're trying to start over at 25 with all this baggage and problems. And we just saw a lot of that, and we said, that's not the direction that we want to go. That's not how we want to do it. Well, and even how we started. So if, you, uh, if you've come to One Life in the last five years, you're probably not aware of how we started with our youth. But where our nursery is now, and then I guess our, so zero to one, then two to three, those two classrooms, that was our youth ministry. Uh, it was two rooms, but even from there, we basically created a a micro version of you know what we've created over there mm -hmm. we, we you know we wanted a fun environment we had a stage full worship now our first youth service there were five students and it was awkward you know if you're talking about sin with five students right there you know it's it gets interesting um, but we invested from the very beginning and said we want we want to take what we have and go all in with them and I'm extremely excited to say that those five that we started with, they're still here today. They're still serving today, yeah. which, amen. Which most of them are married at this point and have their own, well, no, not kids. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Not, they're, they're getting their no kids yet, but most of them are here and I think married at this point. Several married of them are Married or getting married. Married or getting married. Yeah. 
And, and so that is, that's, that's, what, that's what we want. So let's back up and talk about this because just from a practical standpoint, if you look at the ministry of the church and what we ought to be doing, all right, if you come to the church um, as an adult, let's say you are already married, you already started your family, and you, you come to One Life as an adult, like you've already set a lot of things in motion, and you've already set a lot of things in stone when, when you come to us, right? And so sometimes as pastors, it's, it's hard because you get people that they're, they're almost returning to church after it can be. This is certainly not every case. But it can be that after they've already made a mess of things, and now they're coming to church going, we want to get all of this right. Well, that, that's a tremendous ask, and that, that's a tremendous task to go, you know, I've spent two decades of my life living a certain way. Let's now go to church and see if God can, can work it all out and fix it out. And praise God, he's wonderful at that, and, and glory to God for what he can do and turn all that around. But wouldn't it be better to not go through all of that to begin with? Wouldn't it be better as a teenager to make a decision for Christ and to go, I'm going to live for God, I'm going to follow His Word, I'm going to marry who He wants me to marry, I'm going to follow the plan and purpose for my life, I'm going to raise my family in a church that loves God and, and loves the family, and the first person they marry is the person they're with for life. Amen. Okay, can we get an amen on that? And can we not have the split homes and the, 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 the tragedies and all the brokenness that comes? Can God fix all of that? Yeah. But I think our goal as parents would be for them to not go through that in the first place. So we begin to see the power of not just ministry to adults. We love adults. I almost said that like disparagingly. Not, not just adults. No, we begin to see not only the power for ministry to adults, but almost more importantly to kids and youth because we get a chance to shape and form the foundation. And what we want is children and youth that love God, follow God from the time. And I, I just believe it's a lie from Satan to accept almost that defeatist mentality of, well, they're all going to walk away from God. Well, they're all going to turn away from God and then they'll just come back. I don't believe it has to be that way. That wasn't my story. I didn't turn and walk away from God. I served God. Jen, that wasn't Jen's story. Jen served God from the time she was a teenager. And we've served God and followed God our, our whole life. And I think we give up too easily and go, oh, well, in this world, in this generation, they're going to mess up, they're going to make mistakes, they're going to ruin, they're going to do this. Look, if we get God in them and get them to love God's Word and love His church and we get these principles in them, no, I don't just accept that that's going to happen. We want to put them on a firm footing where at least some of them will choose the right path and choose to, to follow God all in. Well, and, you know, so I know we've talked about this, but it's a, it's a mentality shift even just in the church that the kids and the youth, they're not the future church. We're not investing in the, to, into them now so that they can be the future church, but mm -hmm. they are the church right now. They're born again, filled with the Spirit of God, and they are the church. You know, Jesus said that the, the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. So, you know, that's how we're, we're choosing to operate and invest into them with that mentality that they are very much the church right now. But I think part of what, you know, I experienced growing up was, well, one day you'll be the church, you'll be the future, you'll be the future givers, you know, that kind of mentality. But they are very much the church right now with the Spirit of God in them. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why we get them involved in things in the church. You know, our youth serve in different areas of the church. We have youth that serve in children's church. We have youth that serve in live stream. We have youth that serve in the media booth. We have youth that serve in youth with the worship team. Because exactly, you're not just sitting around waiting to be part of the church. You're part of the church now. And they're actually extremely valuable. 
you know, we, we need them. I know when I was growing up, the youth, uh, my youth group, we basically ran the children's department. You know, we were doing the music. We were doing, we were doing skits and drama. We were doing puppets. You know, we were very heavily involved. That was where I kind of learned how to do ministry was in, in kids' church. You know, so, yeah, they're very much part of the church now. Uh, a, a statistic I wanted to read on that, I've, I've seen different statistics on this. This is from Barna. It said between 85 and 95 percent of all Christians make a decision for Christ before the age of 18. That's the, depending on the depending on the study you read, it falls between 85 and 95 percent of of all Christians in the world today make a decision for Christ before the age of 18. It doesn't mean they can't make a decision after. Of course, they can. It doesn't mean they can't, you know. Uh, return to Christ uh, if they didn't do that but that shows you how crucial it is and how important it is I mean just even think about the number of people that we baptize it's probably in that 80 to 90 percent range of number of people that we baptize are youth and down you know youth and youth and kids down so it's extremely extremely important you know, another statistic that I look at often uh, just about teenagers is currently uh, statistics show that only 30% of teenagers consider the Bible to be the correct worldview just as, as a society, which is, is alarming. I mean, that's 70% that they don't even consider the, the Bible to be accurate or, yeah. or a way of viewing life. Wow. So it's very important. So even if a person does receive Christ as an adult, Okay, let's, again, this is kind of from the practical side. Let, let's say a person doesn't receive Christ until their mid-20s or later. Well, again, let's go back to this point of they've already made a tremendous amount of decisions up to that point, decisions that aren't magically um, overcome or, ma or magically rearranged because they came to Christ. And that's, I don't know if enough people understand this, that if they go, oh, well, they'll, they'll come to Christ at some point. Yeah, but... What about all the decisions they've made up to that point that have set them on a course? And can I just say, maybe some of you could testify, that's not always just easily reversed. I mean, praise God for the situations where God comes in and touches somebody and they're set free in a moment. You know, they're, they're delivered from drugs and alcohol and, and God just revolutionized everything. But even if that happens, there is a tremendous amount that you still have to walk out. It doesn't just go away like, like that. So even if a person does come to Christ when they're older, I mean, I remember having a conversation with, with a, a, a girl in her, in her um, late 30s at one point that had come to Christ, and uh, we, one life had a strategic part in that of her coming to the Lord. And after faithfully serving God for like two years, I mean, she, she, when I say faithfully, she went back and listened to every... Uh, podcast that was on the website, like went back and listened to every single sermon series we had. So she was in the Word. She was going all in from God. But up until that point, she lived a very destructive life, uh, you know, involved in a, a lot of things that had just really destroyed her life. And I remember after two years of her serving the God, she uh, serving God, she came to me sort of discouraged and frustrated and said, I just don't get it. You know, I've been doing everything right. I've been doing everything right for two years, and, and I still haven't experienced this, and I still haven't come out of this. I'm still dealing with this. And I remember I looked at her and said, look, let me, let me just tell you that this life is built on the principle of sowing and reaping. And you, you and it was hard for me to tell her, but, you know, you sowed seed for three decades of your life 
Two and a half decades of your life. And that harvest doesn't just immediately get wiped out like that just because you became a Christian. There are still consequences that you will have to walk out. But you get to walk them out saved, filled with the Spirit, full of, of God and, and hope and love and all. He's with you. But you still have to walk that out. And you can't look at it and go, well, you know, I, I've been serving God for two years. Yeah, but you served the devil for 25. And, and so there's consequences of that. And, and can it turn around? Yeah, but it might take more than two years. And eventually, for her specifically, it did completely turn around. And if, and if you saw her today, total, everything did completely turn around for her. But it was more like five years instead of two. And sometimes what we think is, well, God could just do it. If, if, if I just start living right, you know, God will just come in and, and turn everything around. It doesn't always happen like that. I can tell you as a pastor, that is the rare exception where the, the miracle, you know, powerful fingers of God just snap and all your problems disappear because you got saved. That, that just doesn't happen. What more happens is it's a long process of turning around your decision maker and starting to make the right decisions and walking out, and then that begins to produce a harvest and a fruit. But that takes time. So my point is, even if a person does get saved as an adult, it's, it's not a magic pill. So what, what is the biblical model and what is the proper model is let's raise generations that serve God from the time they're children that have the Word of God put in them by their parents, that have the Word of God put in them by their church, and that they, they're, they're put in environments like youth camp and worship services where they can make a decision for Christ. And from the get-go, they sow the right seeds. And that's what our goal is. That's how we think. We're not back there playing. Uh, we have a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. Tremendous amount of fun, all of that. And, and that's something else we can get to in just a moment as why we do that. Even that is strategic. That's, that's not... You know, we don't just do that haphazardly. But our way of thinking is, let's let these kids encounter God because we're thinking about their future. Well, and the age that this is happening is becoming younger and younger to where, you know, poor decisions or things that they get involved in are happening younger and younger. And, you know, just being here the last 13 years, you see it just kind of, it's no longer just a, like a, a high school issue. It's, it's creeps over into middle school and then it's it's into elementary and you know the so the age in which they can get involved in these things that determine the course of their life is getting younger and younger which makes our kids ministry that much more important and I'll just say you know my the chances that I have if you bring your child here as a high school student Mm-hmm. versus you bringing them here as a, a elementary child, baby, whatever, the chances increase astronomically yep. of our ability to actually minister and get involved and supplement what you're doing at home because if they show up as a junior or senior, there are so many mentalities and hurts and pains. and I mean, we could go on and on talking about the things that they're currently facing and going through in their culture and so yeah this is where our kids ministry becomes so valuable and so important to get the word of God in them as their foundation before any of this any of this happens well and we've been going long enough to to that just not be a theory at this point we've been, we've been going long enough to see the fruit of that this is year 13 and so we've seen kids that are coming into the youth ministry that were born at one life you know, and they've been raised in the church culture. And, and that was my story. I was, the church I was in, I was in from the time I was a baby till I was about 17. So can you imagine a child, 18 years, raised in the same church, which that in and of itself is a miracle. Because 
People don't stay in one place, right? I thought y'all chuckled, but I guess it hit a little too close to home. But anyway, <clears throat> uh, the, the power of somebody being raised in one place for 18 years with that level of, of, of biblical word and, and culture being put in them and, and what that produces in the end. And that's why I'm excited to see some of the kids that have been with us, some of the families that have been with us from the very beginning, you know, what, what happens in their kids and, and how they grow and, and continue in that direction. So, uh, you kind of already mentioned this, but I'd written this down, uh, you know, all the things that destroy a person's life typically, typically begins in their teen years. Patterns, habits, sin. I, I remember Dr. Miles Monroe, when I was at uh, Oral Roberts, he came and he spoke and one of the things that he said, I mean, gosh, that was 20 years ago, and I, and I, remember, I remember this statement. He said, uh, whatever you don't conquer uh, in your teen years, and especially by the time you get out of college, will be with you for the rest of your life. And I was like, whoa, you, I got to get to work because I only got like two years left of college. But that was such a powerful statement, and, what he was, and, and I know it's an absolute statement, but what he was really trying to say is, um, by the time you graduate college, there's a lot of things that are solidified in your personality. And we have experienced this so much. Trying to, because this is what we do as pastors and, and ministers, trying to change people once they're a certain age is like trying to move concrete versus a youth or a teenager who's pliable like Play-Doh moving around because they're so open, they're so humble. They're, they're so open to it. And so we, there's a lot of things we can set in place. But one, the older they get, the more difficult that becomes. Don't want to discourage you this morning, but you, you probably noticed that already about yourself. The older you are, the harder it is to change. Amen? Well, and that's what makes things like youth camps so valuable because they're in that stage. And that's why, you know, I get on the megaphone and I'm begging and pleading and, and just encouraging Go to youth camp, sign up to youth camp to get in that environment while you're at that age with that pliable heart that you can be in the presence of God and allow him to, to minister to you, which I'm just going to throw this plug out there of I think we should have an adult youth camp at some point. Just <laughs> Well, if you're an adult and you go to youth camp, trust me, you're getting just as much out of it as the youth. I, I know I did. Well, another thing is, you know, I think we have to realize that this is a strategy of the enemy, that these things getting into their lives, the things that they get involved in, absolutely 100%, the enemy knows exactly what we're talking about, understands the importance of what we're trying to do, and understands the importance of if I can get involved in their life in any area at this age. I mean, you just look around culture and, and society, social media. I mean, look at, look at what our what's happening in Louisiana Congress right now, the things that they're having to fight for yeah. from the enemy trying to attack this generation, the, the younger generation. It doesn't always feel like they're going, I love, I love older people, I love them. I'm not even gonna throw out an age to say what an older person is, but you don't see the attack of the enemy coming to destroy their life. It's coming after the, this younger generation exactly. to get them then. Exactly, that's so good. Well, and talking about youth camp, um, you know, about three years ago, we decided to do our own youth camp. Up until that point, we had been uh, going to other people's youth camps, and they were good. But we knew what we had experienced, and we, we weren't able to achieve that and get that where we were going. And I remember even having the conversation of, man, youth camp's just a tool, and like all tools, that, that changes. 
So is God even using youth camp anymore? And we were really having that conversation because we were open to, hey, let's do something else that works. Let's figure out what the new thing is that God wants to use. Um, so we didn't, we didn't figure that was it, but where we landed was, I think we need to do our own youth camp so that we can focus on the right things. And from that very first year, man, the, the power of God was, was poured out. And those kids encountered God, and that's been happening every year since. And man, if there was a kid that was at that first camp, and they've been to all three since we've started doing it, there has to be a change in them. I mean, even if, even if you still see some rough edges on them, I mean, that, being in those services, it's life-changing. Well, we have, because of that, we have what I would call a core group of the youth, you know, where they've been to all three of these. They've been coming faithfully, serving faithfully. They've been a part and now you really start to see, not, not in a clicky way, not in a non-accept, none of that. I'm just saying you see this core group that they are excited about God. They're on fire for God. They're, listen, if you didn't know this, our youth right now, they're getting up every morning by 7 o'clock to pray, to read the Bible. We have read, uh, we're on our fourth, maybe our fifth book at this point. We're um, a third of the way through the book of Romans. We've read Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. And this is not all of them, but there's a core group that they've, they've encountered God and they've said, we want to keep this going. And so we have a, a group that we encourage each other, send each other scriptures. And it's just, it's because of that. It, it's, not, it's not by mistake. It's right. very much a strategy that's in place and we're seeing the fruit of it. Yeah, absolutely. And not to mention, uh, like I said in announcements, they're coming up on Sunday nights to pray. Now, I know there's more to it than that because y'all end up praying for about an hour and then maybe hanging out for an hour or whatever, but that's, that's great. That's what church should be. And, and so now if we circle back to that, that's, a, that's another part of the, the strategy, I guess, which is to teach young people, which is severely needed, to teach young people that church is fun. It's, it's an awesome place to be. Yeah, it's not all just some people almost have the mentality like, oh, well, we're being irreverent if we're having fun. What? No, the church is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to be around the people you love, laughing, you know, hugging, praising, praying, preaching, growing, learning. It's, it's all wrapped up in one big thing. And for so long, I think children and especially youth, it's like they get to the phase where they're like, well, this is boring because they don't see the value maybe of how we do adult service. So we've got to adjust it just a little bit so that they can go, they can understand, no, this, there's tremendous value here and you can have an awesome, great time at church. Now, I don't know what all the adults are experiencing, but there's no way that my kids are, are missing anything that the youth group does. And it's not, I'll say it's not only because I'm such, me and Jen are such great parents. It's because our kids won't let us. They want to be up here. My, I mean, they're t they know everything that's going on, and they're not letting us miss. Dad, please, come on, you got to bring us, you got to bring They want to be up here. And, and anytime I see my kids wanting to be at church, I promise you I'm going to drop whatever I'm doing to make sure that they're here because that's so rare, you know. And so for, our, for the majority of our youth that I see, to want to come up and pray on Wednesday nights and, and worship and then spend time with each other, if you're a wise parent, you'll have them here because that could end up being their lifeline out of this really difficult season in their life. This may be the very thing that, that sets them on the course that they need to be on for the rest of their future, the rest of their life. Well, so with that, I'm just inviting you all. Um, five o'clock tonight, we're having youth prayer. Uh, drop your student off. Go on a date. Drop them off. We're going to pray from five to six, and then we'll hang out. We'll eat pizza, play some games. 
And uh, we teach on prayer what it is. We provide an atmosphere for them to spend some time praying, worshiping, just reading the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God, and we teach on all those elements. So uh, please bring them out 5 o'clock on Sunday nights. Amen. So the good news with all of this is that we're just getting started. Right. This is just this is just the beginning, and we're we're only at the very beginning of what our big plan is and, and big vision is, and so we want to sort of unfold, I guess, a next layer of that. And uh, some of you were here when we originally laid this out, but when we developed the student center, it was a, a two-phase process, and so we're very happy to announce that we're beginning phase two this week. Right? Yeah. Amen. So for those of you that may not have been here, we're going to go through a few, few things with it. But when we started this back in 2020, uh, we, we built the worship center first. And then the phase two is going to be a youth kind of cafe, hangout area, and then a half court basketball court. Um, and this is a student center. So I think we have a drawing um, of, of the, yeah, if you can see that. Uh, the, first, the first part of it there to your left is the game room kind of cafe area and then it goes directly into a half court kind of rec space basketball court area and this will be something of course that the whole church can use I mean we call it the student center because all of our our from zero down will end up being part of it and taking part of it but the kids church will use it some and then of course the students will use it and it gives us an extra space too for things like life group kickoff party or fellowship events that we have uh, currently well what we used to have to do is move out all of the chairs in here to have uh, working here and I could just see the sadness come over the staff whenever that got talked about just oh we love Jesus but God please no please don't don't bother but they're all bolted together now so that that's not happening but so we needed that extra space anyway for that. But we're excited to, uh, to announce it. So we've got the, uh, the drawing, if you can see that. Let's talk about the, re the game room space. We've got a few pictures that may give you some ideas of kind of what we're doing there. Now, don't take this. We're hesitant to show pictures because don't take this and go, this is what we're doing. This is what we like. <laughs> yeah, it's what we like. We don't want to over-promise, under-deliver type thing. So this is, a, this is like some inspiration, but basically it's, it's a game room type, you know, fun space. And, uh, you know, just depending on how much you guys give towards it, I mean, it just depends on what we can do. You know, it, it might be over the top. You know, it just, it just depends. Uh, and then, so talk, talk to us a little bit about this, this space and kind of what you see happening there and how, how it'll be a, a tool for us to use. Yeah, so, you know, there, there's so many, there, there's the fun element. Let me talk about the spiritual element first. Um, you know, we had this amazing worship center in there right now, but all the games and the Xboxes and the ping pong table, all that is in the worship center. So part of the vision is that we want this, this worship center to be for worship, prayer, and teaching. And really, we want all of our services to begin with prayer. Well, it's kind of awkward if you're playing ping pong, one guy's playing ping pong, the other guy's trying to pray. And so uh, we're going to be able to create that space so that students can come early, we can have prayer time. You know, and maybe if you're showing up for the first time to youth, you're not ready to just jump into a prayer service. Mm -hmm. Maybe you want to go play ping pong. And so we'll have that separation. 
Um, but, you know, our plan is, is that when we're done, there's not going to be anywhere in Sinlaw like this where kids want to come, want to hang out, want to have fun. So I very much see this being an evangelistic tool that kids, and matter of fact, we're in a series right now teaching your teenagers all about the gospel and evangelism and sharing their faith. So this is going to be a tool for them to share their faith and just invite a friend. Maybe it's not always easy to invite someone who's not church to a prayer service, to a worship service, but you can invite them to come play games, come yeah. hang out. Yeah, and we're still figuring out, you know, exactly how the schedules and work and all of that. But one idea we've talked about is, for example, if, if the game room and the basketball court area is being used pre and post service for the youth, uh, then that makes it where the children's church could use it right. during service, you know, where the kids can go to the rec space and have dodgeball and, and places like that. So it'll be a multi-functional, multi-purpose multi space. And I think the, uh, the best news of all is that it will all be done debt-free. Praise God. <laughs> so we're real excited about that. We've, um, you know, we've been saving for this and putting off and... We, we could have done it uh, a year ago or so, but we were just, we try to be led by the Spirit and really wait for the right timing of what God has for us. And so in, in all that time, we've, you know, got, you guys have been giving, we've had gifts come from outside the church and, and we've just been putting it away, saving it. And so praise God, it'll all be done debt-free. Phase one is paid for, this building is paid for, that'll be paid for. So God's been very, very good to us as far as that goes. Um, but we still have things, you know, to outfit the building. We still have, you know, the, the things that you see there to purchase and buy. So any, you know, if the Lord puts it on your heart to help and give and sow into that, it'll be put to really good use. Um, and so it, the, the giving is still necessary, but the project itself will be taken care of. But we need, you know, to still raise money for outfitting the building and, and things, things like that. Um, one of the things, too, we haven't, talked about that you know will be a, another element of this in the future it's not just on service days you know not just Sunday nights or Wednesday nights but you know during the summer the way it can be used potential outreach you know bringing kids in and things like that I know we've talked about that if you want to yeah. No, I mean, we want to be able to provide, especially during the summer, a place for kids to come, have fun, hang out, and form relationships. I, I think that's one of the most important things that they can do at this age, and it can go either way. Relationships can lead them further away from God, or they can lead them to God. And so this is a tool. That, that's really what this is. This is a tool for us to disciple teenagers, kids, and uh, help them form relationships. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but, I mean, it could be Friday night hangouts, you know, giving them an alternative to come hang out with, with friends, with Christian uh, friends, believers, versus, you know, what else would be provided for them. So, Definitely. sky's the limit. Uh, we're, we don't lack vision, that's for sure. Do you, uh, we're going to put you on the spot, do you have a, a, a timeline, a date of completion? Okay, so... Um, Here's the problem. Uh, they, they tell me, they're telling me this is a 90-day project mm -hmm. from start to finish. Uh, but part of the issue is everybody's still blaming everything on, on COVID. Mm -hmm. Everything's still backed up. I'm thinking at some point we got to catch up. But uh, so there's a few of the major items uh, for the construction that they're saying 16 weeks out or so. Mm -hmm. So uh, my, I'm thinking sometime around November. Mm -hmm. December. Yeah, uh, yeah if it's not earlier. Yeah, we. I'll, I'm never optimistic on these things. So they just lie, you know, and so. But uh, I'm thinking. 
I'm thinking, yeah, beginning of the year, hopefully. I would love to be for 2024, to start 2024 with it open and for that spring semester. Uh, that would be beautiful if we had it. But, and and it, like you said, before, awesome. But hopefully for sure by the spring of 2024, we'll be opening the life group semester with that and, and having that available yes. to everybody. So, you know, on a, a point you were making earlier about the social element, you know, uh, we have two teenagers in our house now, and one of them is extremely social and, you know, just want, wanting to, to be around people all the time. And so his youth group is like, oh, there, I gave it away. See, <laughs> so bad about that. <clears throat> uh, but, you know, the youth group is, is uh, it's, it's a hub, you know, for, for them to, to be involved and, and connect. And, and I like what you're saying because that's such an ingrained need in, in youth in particular, that they're going to strive to do that somewhere. And man, if we can get them attached to doing that at the church with other kids that are going the same direction, you know, at least halfway trying to serve God and in a, an awesome environment, what a great way to do that and a great space to be able to do that. Because I know part of the reason a lot of kids get off is they crave that socialization, they crave that community, they crave those relationships, but then they find it in the wrong spots and unfortunately it's such a big need in them that oftentimes they will sacrifice what they know is right just so that they can be accepted and so it's so important to have a space like this where they can come and be and, and I agree with what you said it's not it's not going to be just oh that little space at the church it's, it might be the best place it might be the best place in town you know it just it's going to be a pot and not just for our kids to come but other kids you know from the community as yeah, well I'm I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's w the world can't be the only avenue for fun. I mean, we, we, we just have a culture of fun and we have to be able to provide and show them that there is a space that is, is safe. You know, we don't have an agenda other than the Bible that we're trying to teach them and it provides a fun atmosphere. And, you know, uh, I'm going to spend the next two or three weeks talking to them about you know, the, I just actually I announced it to them. I told them uh, right before we came in here that I'm coming back in here to tell y'all. But I told them, so they're excited. But the next few weeks, I'm going to be teaching them about the aspect of this being a tool and, and what it means for them, but also what it means for their friends, for their family. Uh, you know, and just the, the unchurched, people who haven't experienced the love of God, this is a tool and an avenue, and it's going to be a fun tool and a fun avenue to bring them into the gospel. Yeah, and it might be a good time to say, too, that whenever you expand an area of ministry, there's always a greater need for volunteers, too, so. Absolutely. You can sign up at the table right back there. Name, email, I'll contact you. Yeah, but it's, I mean, anytime we expand, uh, you know, ministry in this, in this capacity and level, it's going to take more people to run it. So, um, you know, if you have a desire to serve in youth or feel like you want to be involved in that we have our volunteer table at the back check that out on your way out and it's not a commitment if you sign up it's just kind of an exploratory type thing is it going to work for you is it going to work for us type deal so don't be afraid to just you know sign up and ask questions and see if it might be something that fits fits for you yeah well and if if like you said earlier if youth isn't your thing I get that but just sort of our mentality is really we're looking at student ministry kids, youth, even up to college, student ministry. And so if you want to get involved in the kids ministry mm -hmm. and help lay that foundation, knowing what we're talking about now mm -hmm. with youth, what they're going to experience, and you can be a part of setting that foundation for them. Well, you're doing the same job. You might not be serving in youth, but you're providing that foundation for them. Amen. Uh, 
This is probably the only sermon I've ever, well, I guess it's not really a sermon, but it's the only sermon I can think of where I didn't actually read a scripture. We just talked about stuff. So, and this isn't exactly a scripture, but this is from Numbers chapter 6. And the song that we love to sing, The Blessing, is from Numbers chapter 6. And I want to read the lyrics of this part of the song from The Blessing. It says, May His favor be upon you in a thousand generations, and your family and your children and their children and their children. May His presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you. He is with you. And like I said, that is from Numbers chapter 6, talking about the, the blessing and favor of the Lord being on generation after generation after generation after generation. I think this morning we need to raise our expectation of how God can work and be involved in this process. Uh, because again, I think even in the church sometimes we set our standard too low and we go, well, this is just what youth do. I mean, talk to any parent, like, oh yeah, they're going to rebel, they're going to walk away from God, they're going to, it's just like it's a, you've already accepted defeat. And I'm just going to tell you, that's not what I'm believing for. That's not what I'm praying for. Not for you, not for my own kids, not for the kids in the youth ministry. We're expecting that, no, from generation to generation, for your children and their children and their children, that the presence of God be with them and change them, and that they live a different life, a set-apart, sanctified family and life that draws attention to the power of the church and the power of the gospel and the power of God's word. That, it tru- that the, our families truly be a light that is set on the hill, that is a, a light and a witness to anybody that's watching, anybody that's, that's looking. Because if there's anything in this world right now that I think stands out, or especially when you look at all the weird things going on in teenagers' lives, if there are families that are, that are there, and there are kids that are following God, serving God, that have morals and standards and integrity and wisdom and a good foundation, that's a light to the world. And it's one of the greatest tools that we have to, to witness to the world about the power of the gospel and the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's stand on our feet.